Hey, what's up? And welcome to the WR Podcast. I'm your host, Prophecy. And I have a very special guest with me, Ayo Rankum. You can catch him on Twitter at AYO underscore Rankum, just like it sounds there. Uh, he's one of the list culture phenoms uh, on the rise uh, in the community, uh, networking uh, with a lot of great people in the community and providing his insights. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting uh, to bring him on uh, to discuss. Uh, his thoughts on who the most prominent players are uh, heading into the combine uh, based on what we saw in the WR MSI tournament, uh, the midseason invitational, uh, which did complete on the Xbox side recently. A shout out to Kiss My Tims uh, and Chalk uh, and those guys uh, for doing a great job in that tournament, just kind of steamrolling uh, the competition. So we're going to talk a lot about the Xbox side of things. Uh, PS4 hasn't quite wrapped up yet. Uh, that's going to be going uh, the finals on Monday. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun uh, discussing uh, the tournament as well as uh, Ayo Rankum's thoughts on just uh, what he sees as far as the top players and the top teams and uh, a lot of insights uh, from Rankum here. So I want to give him a platform uh, to really express his uh, great insights around the community. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, so what up, though, Rankum? How you doing, man? Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Doing good. I'm ready to get into this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, real quick, just let's uh, get into your background a little bit. Uh, you know, people have seen you on Twitter uh, posting for about, you know, a month and a half, like we talked about kind of before we got started. Uh, so tell me about uh, what you've done as far as things that you've published or an attention that you've got uh, around the scene, uh, maybe just for the work that you've done and your insights around the community. Uh, as far as getting things published, uh, not much at all. But uh, my original uh, kind of birth into the community I was actually doing tips. I was doing tips under a, a different at name. It was uh, NBA 2K18 Tips for Us. And with that platform, I used my knowledge in a different way. Instead of um, using it to make lists, I used it to help other people get better, you know, refine their own skills. Oh, interesting. So you've been doing it, like you said, for about a month now, and you've talked to some of the main kind of people in the community that have reached out to you uh, based on your work, uh, just on Twitter uh, in general and, you know, publishing your own content. So you've really done a great job of kind of getting yourself out there uh, recently. Uh, so tell me uh, uh, just a little bit about uh, that kind of experience just with list culture and how you think it might impact the scene, like especially at a time like this, because we got, you know, the combine in full swing now. Everybody's trying to get their exposure uh, and get out there as much as possible. The GMs are scouting, you you know, the coaches are scouting uh, all the stuff going on with the professional league, uh, kind of watching uh, the community and the, and the main players. So how do you think like lists uh, go into that and the mentality of the players? Just talk a little bit about that, if you could for me for a couple of minutes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the the main thing that it uh, affects is the competition. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's noticed that when that before that first list was made, people really didn't have too much to play for. You know, it, they even called it the preseason. Those uh, between September and October, they called that the preseason because people weren't even taking that seriously. And then from there to when that first list um, dropped, which dropped with a lot of scrutiny. Uh, some people didn't like it. Some people loved it. You know, but that comes with any list that's being made. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna make everybody happy. But what it did do, um, it added that competition. You know. You actually seen in a lot of the um, coming sections where there's teams that are actually matching up with each other. You know, they're talking back and forth saying, you know, I should be ranked higher than you. No, you are in the right spot. You're lower than us. And, you know, that's causing more wagers, you know, more comp matchups. So um, mainly the competition, it definitely changed competition. Um, 
with list culture, I mean, it's kind of like a, a gift and a curse. So, like, the gift is it adds that uh, competition, but you can also get too caught up in where list has you at as well, you know, in the player list and the team list. You know, at the end of the day, these are personal opinions. You know, me, uh, the other list makers around the um, around the community, they're just making these for entertainment and to um, show you their personal opinion. So uh, it's just that and a lot of people. Uh, so you just think mainly it creates a lot of engagement. Uh, it creates like no matter what happens with the list and how people perceive it, it's going to create like uh, feistiness in the community. <laughs> like there's there's like a built in like kind of competition level just with the list culture and, and people wanting to prove themselves against others and compare themselves against others. So it's going to create like on Twitter, for example, you're going to get a lot of clicks. You're going to get a lot of views. Everybody wants to see like where they're at, if they're represented. So it automatically just creates a lot of engagement. And I think that's why. Uh, people like you are so important uh, in the subcultures of the community, uh, so to speak, like the little league uh, hubs, Um, you know, like WR Pro-Am League, of course, uh, one of the top uh, prominent leagues, if not the best uh, league in the community, uh, as far as just the volume of teams and everybody, you know, getting exposure and wanting to be seen. Um, So there's just so many uh, great competitors out there and they all uh, want that extra edge as far as getting noticed by coaches. So, you know, when you have these lists and that automatic engagement with the players that like going at it about the results, I mean, that just creates an awesome atmosphere uh, for our community. So I think it's really cool the work that you do. um, And I definitely think it has a big impact. Um, So let's go right into one of your lists. Uh, We can keep it moving there. Uh, So you did uh, top 10. You sent it over uh, before we got started here. Uh, Based on the MSI uh, Invitational, uh, we completed uh, the Xbox side of it. You saw the broadcast on WR Live. Uh, So let's go over this list. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what went into this particular list, because I kind of, you know, I have a list of 10 names here. Is this in any uh, particular order, this uh, list that you sent me? Yes, sir. Uh, It's number one to number 10, uh, top to bottom. Okay, got you. Got you. Excellent. And uh, for the most part, this list was um, purely focused on the mid-season invitational. Um, yeah. So these guys are the 10 performers that uh, performed at the highest levels during that um, MSI tournament. Excellent. Okay, so let's start it uh, from the back and we'll work our way up. I think that'll be more exciting for everybody. <laughs> uh, so let's start at uh, number 10 at the bottom. So who do you have uh, number 10 for this particular tournament? Um, number 10 at the bottom, I actually have two players who are on the same team. Uh, we have BK97, we have Yankee fan TNB. Both of these players have not been getting the uh, exposure that they truly deserve. They both are top tier talents at each position. Uh, BK at the lock position and Yankee fan at the center position. Um, Yankee fan, that's a very familiar name to some people. He's been doing this for the last few years, playing at a high level, uh, filling the stat sheet uh, in one of his most recent games in the S the MSI tournament, he had a, a, a full stat sheet, literally, uh, from points to fouls, you know, and that 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 tells me that he's very active on the floor at all times. And when you have a big who's very active like that, he can cause disruptions for that defense or that um, offense on the other side. Right, just a total impact on the game, versatile, uh, and able to impact in many ways. Uh, maybe not on the scoreboard, perhaps, but filling up the stat sheet, like you said. So uh, that's a really interesting insight. You see, kind of the work that goes in behind the scenes of these lists. You know, there's thought behind it. You're not just throwing names out of a hat. Uh, it's definitely thought goes into this. So it's really interesting to talk about uh, some of the players here. So let's continue uh, next on the list. Uh, who do you have here for number nine? 
Number nine on my list, I have Eyeball Saver, who actually lost to the two players that are under him. And most people would think, well, you're basing it on the MSI tournament, but you have two people uh, ranked under him that beat him. That doesn't make sense. Well, what Sabre did during the um, tournament was play at a high level. I don't feel like it was just on him that they lost to a Yankee fan in the BK. You know, at the end of the day, one player cannot uh, make a full team. So you're trying to measure an, an impact by an individual, but you're also weighing like the team performance and the other side. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, especially when you're covering like a tournament uh, form of a list like this, right? Absolutely. Um, honestly, with any list, that's probably the biggest misconception. Uh, people think that a list is based off of just one single factor, you know, yeah. uh, how many points he had or how many win- wins he has. But you got to combine all those things to have an accurate list. Yeah, you have to. I agree. So let's continue. We'll keep it moving. Uh, So number eight on the list, a player we watched uh, live in coverage uh, a lot, actually, during the tournament. Uh, You can check that out on the WR uh, Pro-Am Twitch and on our YouTube. Uh, So who do you have uh, coming in here at number eight? At number eight, we have Yo Glenn Chill. So yeah, uh, Yo Glenn Chill, he's a top five talent. You know, he plays at a high level. He's one of the better scorers at point guard. Um, He's one of the better ball handlers as well. I think his only downside right now was stopping him from being a top five prospect is the turnovers. Uh, Sometimes he he plays too aggressive and makes a lot of bad passes. He's been baited a lot of times, especially in that team caution matchup. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so Yo Glenn Chill, uh, you mentioned him a top five talent, but uh, maybe take care of the ball a little bit more, can elevate his consistency a little bit. Uh, so let's get into Planet Rondo next on the list here uh, that you have uh, coming in. Looks like at number seven, Planet Rondo. Tell me about uh, his game in the MSI. But yeah, we have Planet Rondo, who's a veteran on the uh, 2K comp scene. Didn't play too well against Limitless in this tournament, but. Uh, he has a high he has a high talent level common name around the community uh, island gang representing uh so kina coming in next after planet rondo here kina we know of course uh, around the community a very popular player uh, so tell me a little bit about kina's uh, performance in the tournament here kina he he shocked a lot of people in this tournament uh one of the knocks on him had always been that he kind of uh, wasn't the best under pressure. He wasn't the best in the big moments. But in this tournament in particular, it's like he rose to the occasion. He had some games where he almost went for 30. He had some games where he didn't have to score as much. Right. He was just being the facilitator. He was bring, being the game manager. While uh, Moby was kind of struggling, he picked up the, um, he picked up the load for him. And another person on this list as well helped them pick up the load. And help them win the um finals. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go into another player uh from the winning side of the Xbox. So uh tell me about Chalk. Uh just Chalk, obviously a prominent figure uh around the community and had a great tournament, uh, no question. Uh going into the combine with a lot of momentum. Uh so give me your thoughts on Chalk. Well I feel like Chalk showed everybody what they should have known beforehand, and that's that he's a star on 2K. And there's no question about it. We all know the one knock on him as the the personality traits. But I feel like he's working on that as well. You know, uh, you got to start from somewhere. I feel like he's being more and more 
marketable each day. As long as that keeps coming around, I feel like there's no question that he will be drafted in season two. And yeah. it could go as early as first or second round, you know. Yeah, I agree. He's going to get uh, his opportunity. And uh, you see the gravity that Chalk has uh, just pulling, <laughs> pulling in the community. <laughs> and he's just got that natural kind of uh, bravado and presence. And I think that's what you need uh, in a star player. And that's what the 2K Absolutely. League is kind of looking for at this point are, are those spearhead uh, kind of figures uh, that people can gravitate around and, uh, around. and you see uh, that with a couple of guys in the league. But I think Chalk certainly has an opportunity to kind of fill that void and uh, fit that mold a little bit. Uh, so let's keep the list moving. This is great insights. So I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this uh, and, and talk no about problem. this. So, um, let's talk about Vandy. Uh, we're going to have some more discussion about Vandy a little bit later in the pod, actually. Uh, but let's talk about just the performance in the tournament. Uh, uh, maybe a couple, uh, just a moment uh, about Vandy here in the tournament in the MSI. Vandy is, is very similar to Neil Aquina. He's very talented, but uh, he has very bad games. He has very bad, bad games. And he has very great, good games. Yeah. So you can never get a, a, a full rate on him talent-wise. But I can give you, yeah, very interesting. And we I can saw that, you, too, in the tournament. Like, we saw a couple of down games, and then we saw a couple of, you know, better performances from him. So that's interesting. Absolutely. Even in some series that they won, you know, he kind of fell off. But in those final minutes, those final seconds, he, he brought everybody together. And I feel like those are things that you don't see on the stat sheet is that even when he has those very bad, bad games, he becomes a leader. He knows that it's not his game. You know, let me get it to somebody else. Let me get the ball into uh, Quilla's hands. Let me get the ball into Grant's hands. You know, that, that, that's, that's leadership. Uh, that's talent. That's composure under pressure. You know, and all those are the reason why he's so high on this list right now. Yeah, that's a hallmark of their team uh, as well. Shout out to Team Caution. Uh, so we'll keep it moving. Top three now. Uh, we got Bear to Beast in at number three. So what are you seeing from uh, Bear to Beast? Bear to Beast, he... The first thing that comes to mind when I think of Bear to Beast is his court vision. Uh, he sees the whole floor at all times, you know. And um, once again, sometimes that doesn't equate to stats. You know, if you looked at the stat sheet of in a lot of his games, you might see 12... In five games, 15 and four games, and you think, well, he's not doing much of nothing. How is he a top three player? But once again, you got to watch these guys play. He's a, he, he's a marksman when he does have the ball behind the three. He's a, a he cuts through the defense. Uh, he has a great, he has a great uh, chemistry with Planet Rondo on these pick and rolls. Uh, he's, He's just an all-around great player, man. Yeah, it's interesting to see the multiple players like from a team when they, when they're represented on a list because you see like how they kind of feed off of each other and how Absolutely. it makes them better players, and they continue to elevate each other throughout the course of a tournament. And you see kind of the growth of each guy as they grow in their game, and you see that uh, with Kiss My Tims as well uh, throughout the course of that tournament. Uh, as we you know talked about different guys stepping up at different times. Uh, so here we go, man. Top two. This is what all the people are waiting for. Top two on the list. Uh, who do we got at number two? And number two, we have Gradient, which could be a shocker to some people. You know, a lock at number two, that seems kind of high. But when you have a player like Gradient, who is a Swiss Army knife, can literally do everything on the floor for you. You know, he's a two to five player. He can guard the best man on the other side of the ball. Uh, he does a lot for a team. And there's no question in my mind that without Gradient, 
the KMT roster would not be the same. I'm not even sure if they make that finals run without him. He is a when people say glue guy, mm-hmm. Gradient is is the pinnacle of that. Awesome points. Uh, so who who got uh, number one? Who's taking home the throne here for this uh, midseason invitation list that you have? And number one, uh, a player who has been number one in both mock drafts that we had, uh, a player who has been number one on the board uh, all year, we have Brett Winner, L.A., and I really don't need. I don't really don't think he. I really don't yeah. think he needs an explanation for why yeah. he's number one. But uh, this is a player who uses a, a slashing shot creator and makes him look like a pure lock on the floor. Wow, you know that in itself is enough to make someone a number one player on any list. But when you factor that in with the fact that he is also a thirty and ten type player on offense as well, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's an unstoppable force. I feel like he's a um, franchise changer at the next level in season two as well. well so I go. feel very confident with him number one. That's that's a great list, man. I'm sure the players will eat that up. Uh, so hey, yo, Ranko with the top five or top ten, excuse me, uh, top ten players to the MSI uh, tournament. Uh, so let's keep the conversation going. We're going to touch on some of the teams and some of the series uh, that we saw. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on some of the rosters. So we touched on some of the players individually, uh, but we saw some interesting developments as far as like roster uh, reconstructions and rebuilds. Um, so you have a lot of good points on that stuff. I wanted to hit uh, that we went over before uh, going on the pod here. So let's start with uh, effortless talent. Uh, so tell me about effortless talent. You have a couple notes here on them. Uh, why don't you share with the listeners what's going on with effortless talent? Well, uh, first of all, effortless, effortless talent has a player who's very familiar with most. He was a season one player, a uh, control at the point guard. And now normally he plays with uh, detoxies at the lock. And the other piece of that uh, big three is main at the center. For this tournament, for whatever reason, detoxies was actually playing with another team in the tournament. Uh, we compete, hmm. you know, and I feel like that was a precursor to what effortless talent did in the tournament, because one thing that we clearly seen in their matchup with caution, I'm not sure if I'm getting ahead of myself, No, but go ahead. Uh, That's good. with that matchup with caution, they did not have someone who could hold Vandy, Vandy. They did not have someone who could hold Vandy or Quilla. So both of those guys were taking turns dominating, and the first matchup ended up in a, a flood. The second one was a little bit closer, but they needed that defense. Right. Well, that's a good segue because we're going to talk about Team Caution next, actually. Uh, so talk about Vandy a little bit more and just like in terms of the draft stock uh, and what's going on with that. I, I feel like Vandy's draft stock from uh, September to now has risen to the highest of levels. I felt like at the beginning of 2019, well, at the beginning of 2K19, he was seen as a player who was just uh, 17 made. He was having a lot of bad games against a lot of good teams. Some people were saying that it was the roster around him. Some people said it was him. You know, there was a lot of negative uh, annotations added to him. Mm-hmm. And um, as the year went by, you could see him progressing, slowly progressing. I feel like uh, it came to a head in this tournament. And I'm not just saying that because this is a tournament that we're talking about. But if you just watch his progression 
over the last couple of weeks. His uh, track is going up, and I feel like his uh, stock is definitely going up. I would not be surprised if he is a top 15 pick this year. That's how high his stock has went up in the last couple of weeks. Okay, so give me like uh, some points about just the supporting cast uh, for Vandy and how that's impacted his draft stock. Obviously, it takes a team uh, to perform on the court and to help the individuals. So who's, who's helping Vandy the most right now? Well, uh, the one who's helping him the most, and I think kind of sparked that change, is Grant Monster. Yeah. Uh, a player who uh, was unretained, so a hungry big who has experience in season one. You know, I'm not sure of his and Vandy's relationship, but I can guarantee that uh, he's helping Vandy mature his game along the way because you can see it in the way they're playing together, you know. Yeah. I think that was a, a very key piece to add for him. He has needed a big man, a solid big man, since 2018. So to get a Grant Master, I mean a Grant Monster, yeah, is is a great pickup. And um, you see them but, work on the two man game as well in the in the streams. You know, we covered uh, caution a lot uh, in, in the tournament, and you know, you see how it gives space to absolutely. Andy to kind of get that that takeover going, get those greens going out, out of the step backs, uh, and that's you know all monsters setting those great screens and you know doing work as the big there. Um, so tell me about Rare Breed. Let's pivot a little bit. Uh, we talked a lot about Vandy and Caution. Uh, let's talk about Rare Breed a little bit. Uh, they had a rebuilt roster. Uh, so tell me what's going on with Rare Breed and uh, give me some insights into that. Uh, it, w- it was a lot of chaos going on with Rare Breed uh, originally with the reconstruction. For those who um, don't know, their point guard was Doza. Their sharp was uh, Flea. Their lock was Sleaze. Their uh, power four was Ramo. And their center was Tight. And with that lineup, they were one of the best teams on Xbox for those weeks that they were together. You know, everything seemed to be going well. And then uh, No Smoke actually made their move from PS4 to Xbox. And when that happened, the reconstruction of Rare Breed happened. Uh, uh, so let's talk about uh, Forever, obviously, a team that made a run. Uh, in the tournament unexpectedly as one of the lower seeds uh, and ended up uh, not, you know, winning the whole thing, obviously, but uh, a team that was to be reckoned with uh, throughout the course of the tournament. So uh, tell me about forever, just what you see uh, from that group and how they were able to make such a strong run. Well, forever has a perfect mixture of great young players and great uh, season one players. They have Walnut and they have toxic as the bigs yeah and they added hood before this tournament uh they originally were on a no look team they added um hood and created forever so now you got a roster that has yo glenn chill who was on the top 10 list as prospects for season two you have hood who averaged nearly 30 points in season one then you have a rondo a player who's a veteran who uh, has been playing on uh, comp teams for the last few years, including top rank earlier this year. You have him at the small forward with your two bigs, as I just said earlier, season one players. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a a juggernaut team. So they're kind of coming together at the right time now. uh, At at the competitive scene gets in full swing, the recruiting... Uh, takes place Absolutely. and now you got us now you got a squad out here and and they proved it uh, with the finals run uh so that's really interesting stuff 
Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Godsent. I see you have a couple of notes here uh, about Godsent. What's uh, happening with Godsent uh, in the MSI tournament? The thing about Godsent, they definitely played. Uh, they definitely did not play their best brand of basketball uh, against No Days Off. Uh, a lot yeah. of people expected them to be the the. Uh, everybody expect them to be the um, the favorites in this tournament. You know, the favorites to make a finals run. We were. We're anticipating that uh, KMT and Godsent match up before it even happened. Yeah. And I feel like they were anticipating it as well. And they came up against a no days off team who has proven throughout this year that they can beat top level talent, even though they don't get the exposure of those top level teams. And um, with that, after this matchup, after they kind of played below the level that they needed to be, uh, a big reconstruction happened. Uh, spamming Y and Crazy, two of the top locks on Xbox as well as on their team, were removed. We don't know exactly why, but they're no longer on the team, and they have added two new players, which um, I'm not going to say their names. I'm not sure if they were pickups for the meantime or not. They haven't released a official new roster, so we're waiting on that. But... Uh, yeah, there were a lot of changes with that team over as aftermath to this tournament. No question. Uh, so let's talk to champs. Let's go to the champs of the uh, Xbox side of this tournament. Uh, Kiss my Tims. Uh, let's talk about their uh, road to the final four a little bit. Uh, they played no days off. Uh, There's a big game there. Uh, so tell me about uh, KMT and just how you've seen them evolve uh, in particular over the course of this tournament. They were really dominant, man. They, they just uh, flooded everybody. What's going on with KMT? Uh, honestly, KMT is just, they're really just playing like they should be playing, you know. I think everyone, when they first saw this, uh, roster being created, it was a merger between, uh, uh, Untamed, that was here at the beginning of the year, and a Team United that was at, that was here at the beginning of the year. A merger of two top teams like that, uh, it sometimes works, and sometimes doesn't. It all depends on how that chemistry comes together. And the chemistry with KMT, it was it's, it's grade A. You know, everybody knows yeah. their spots, and they pick and choose when they need to go, or their teammates let them know when they need to go. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it many times throughout this tournament where White Chocolate was in Kina's ear. You know, some people might think that's obnoxious, but I feel like Kina uh, took it as a challenge, you know, hearing him telling him he needs to step up, you know, and Kina did, you know. So that that type of uh, relationship between each other, I feel like that played a great part in why they played so good throughout this tournament. Yeah, no question. And that's going to be interesting in the in the 2K League, I think, in Season 2, just to see kind of that chemistry and how it's uh, more impactful in, in the second season between players that have been retained uh, on individual roster. Uh, and that is going to loom large, I think, and just having that experience of Season 1. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And, uh, and like you said, uh, teams evolving out here and, and playing their way they're supposed to play camp. I thought so sound on defense and a lot of that success came from getting stops and getting runouts. I mean, how many runouts did Chuck have in the finals? I mean, <laughs> a lot. A hundred runouts. I mean, it was insane. So, I mean, that, that defense is going to get you in position to win games. And you saw even in game one uh, of the final series where they were kind of, it was a close game. 
uh, they had to kind of grind it out there. And it was the defense that won it for them. And then they got into their groove uh, and they they cleaned up in the fast break game. Uh, so KMT just doing all the right stuff, like you mentioned. Uh, there was uh, the upsets uh, going on as well. So tell me about an upset that you had, uh, Limitless uh, uh, Island Gang, uh, that game. Um, some would say that was the biggest upset of this tournament. But a lot of times you gotta you gotta watch the before before you get to the tournament. So uh, beforehand, Limitless had already beat uh, multiple comp teams. You know, so having that uh, confidence going into this tournament, I felt like they felt like they could beat Island Gang. You know, and it showed it. They were not afraid for that. Uh, they were not afraid of that matchup. They came out ready to play, and uh, a guy who. You're probably going to hear a lot of moving forward is uh, Killy DF. This is probably his first time playing at this top tier comp level. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to see if he can keep that pace moving forward. He didn't keep it uh, in their next matchup against KMT, you know, but hopefully he learned from that. And that that provided another great moment. So talk about that matchup and when uh, Chuck, you know, he makes the switch and there's all this stuff going on, the shenanigans going on with the servers and they're trying to get into the game. And then he's, you know, switches to his PG and what happens? He hits a game winner. So that was a crazy moment, too. Yeah. uh, Just imagine uh, your PG's internet being fried right before the uh, the last game towards the finals. Uh, Man. To have someone like White Chalk on your team who's a who's a versatile player, to have someone like that who actually can come in and play point guard. You know, most teams don't have that type of dynamic. You know, most teams would have went to a state of of panic to have their uh leader be out for a game like this. But uh yeah. White Chocolate was prepared and like you said, uh he had like uh just to go back to the, the personality traits, uh yeah, yeah. If we're going to talk about the negative personality traits with White Chop, we got to talk about the positive ones. So confidence no plays a big yeah. role. You you think about it. You're a White Chalk who has someone else's account. You barely know this jump shot. Uh, you barely know how to move with this player. But to have the confidence to take a game winning three pointer, limitless <laughs> range. Right. You know that's crazy. And most people don't have that type of fire in them to even take that shot. That's at the highest level too. I mean, you're you're playing these comp games at the highest level, and then taking a guy that you don't have familiarity with, and then doing big work with him. So that's an amazing performance for sure. One of the big moments I thought of the tournament. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of recap that. Uh, so let's talk about some of the individual matchups that I see that you have here kind of listed. Um, I thought some interesting insights that you could be able to provide uh, as far as like different players that are going against each other throughout the course of the tournament. So if you could uh, provide uh, some content regarding like the matchups that you thought were interesting. Yes. Uh, the the matchup that stands out to me, Gradient, Gradient versus Yo Glenn Chill. Um, it's funny that his, Gamer tag is Joe Glenn Chill because uh one thing about, I've always told him is that he has to have patience on the floor. Uh when you go <laughs> when you go against these uh these top these top locks, they know where you're gonna go. They just know. And if they don't know where you're gonna go, they have that lateral quickness to get in front of you when they figure out where you're gonna go. So two or three of your uh, go-to dribble moves is not going to cut it when you're playing against these type of top blocks. You really got to pick your spots. You got to know when it's time to move. You got to know when it's time to pass that ball and get it out of your hands. 
you know, and um, he had a lot. Of, he had a lot of trouble with that. He took a lot of uh, contested jumpers. He made a lot of bad passes when he was trying to get other people involved too much, and uh, it it wasn't good. And uh, gradient, his performance was a one. I felt like after this performance, he definitely put himself on a level as a top lock in general. And we're not even just talking uh, season two. We're talking we're talking about on the level of the wolves, on the level of the boot painters of the world. I feel like he he fits the bill, you know, to uh to hold a player who's considered by some as a future first rounder to two points in the finals game. Um, so I wanted to throw this one at you, uh, cause I think this is interesting to talk about a little bit. Um, cause we went over your list, your top 10 players, and obviously chalk that didn't land uh, in the top three of that list. But, um, I see your notes here and you kind of have him stealing the show. And he was obviously a huge impact player throughout the course of the tournament, hitting a game winner, uh, going into uh, the finals uh, and dominating on the league outs and getting the stops and kind of the bravado. Um, so tell me like for a 2k league team, when they're approaching their draft, Okay, you have this talent level that's there, and then you have, like you said, the marketability. You have the 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 gravity. What's more important, do you think, at this point for a two K league team? Because they're trying to build too. They're trying to build their fan bases. Absolutely. They're trying to build. They're trying to build viewerships. So, is it you know championship aspirations that that's the most important, or is it getting clicks? Is it getting views? What do you think about that? Well, uh, I think it's it's a multitude of both, both put together. Yeah. Uh, Right. That's that's fair. But as far as adding a player uh, like like a white chalk, uh, it really depends on the people you have in your locker room already. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta have uh, you gotta have uh, personalities that are are fiery and understanding. That makes any sense whatsoever. The reason why I say fiery and no, that's understanding right. is yeah. because uh, you're dealing with someone who's just as fiery as you are. So you gotta be able to understand the person that you're dealing with. You know, it when when white chalk gets fiery, it's not necessarily uh to um to attack anyone or to bash anyone. It's it's that competitive energy coming out of him to get the best out of you. You know, so you gotta have uh, players that are already there that can handle that type of personality. Yeah, that's true. Now, when we get into the marketability aspect. You really got to ask yourself, well, what are we trying to market? Because to be honest, uh, White Chalk is one of the biggest players in 2K. So, I mean, to me, that should be perceived as he has a lot of marketability. Maybe he's not professional or professional enough as you want him to be, but he's definitely going to bring the clicks. You know, uh, those live games, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to want to attend a game where they get to hear White Chalk yelling across the... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the next team you know so uh yeah dude. i i honestly on that aspect of it, i feel like he has a lot of marketability it's just about uh quelling quelling his aggressiveness and uh uh-huh. using it in spots you know because once you when you're too aggressive on one person whose personality isn't fit for that uh they can explode and now you have this uh riff between two players on a team and that's cancerous yeah 
That's very true. You got to uh, dedicate yourself to the chemistry aspect of it. And I think these GMs and the scouts uh, and the analysts uh, for the talent on these franchises do a great job with that. Uh, we saw a lot of teams come together just based off that chemistry in season one. Uh, so you, you know that those scouts and GMs are, and managers are, are really doing their diligence and uh, looking at the streams. And uh, we appreciate that as a community. And that's what's going to help us grow is, is those guys doing great work and putting great teams on the floor. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting in season two, though, man. I got to go back to that point. I think the marketability aspect and and kind of uh be having players that can get you built-in clicks i think teams are going to approach it that way i really do even maybe in the later rounds perhaps uh like the later stages of the round uh the draft round um you'll see some of that come into play like who can who can get us some attention here uh as a member of the scene that's prominent that can draw draw uh, viewers to streams because that's a huge thing that 2k league is going to try to uh attack here. absolutely uh you know just the twitch end of it you, you've seen it a lot already just with the players that have been retained uh, doing stuff in the community uh you know the 2k league does a wonderful job with that um so i think you're going to see a lot more of that and i think those players are going to have a big say in how this draft goes and uh and how the teams are put together uh, for the next season uh so i want to thank my guest uh Yo, Rankham. This was a great conversation. I think we got a lot of uh, good stuff out of this uh, for the players uh, to soak in about a lot of the teams and the tournament. And uh, your list was fantastic. So thank you so much for taking all the time that you did, uh, Ayo Rankham. Uh, if you have any shout outs that you want to make or anything like that uh, as we close out the pod, uh, you can go ahead and t- uh, take a minute to do that for sure, man. Uh, a quick shout out to uh, 2K Comp Games, uh, You Famous, G Star, 2K Pro Am, Intel, uh, Walk On Warriors. Uh, you guys have sp- supported me from the beginning. Uh, Robar, uh, and I'm gonna stop naming right now because I know I'm gonna forget some names. <laughs> but uh, you guys That's have supported great, from though. the beginning, and I love all the support from everybody else. And I'm gonna keep going hard. Uh, Ayo Rankum, Ayo underscore Rank E M all together, and I'm out. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Thank you so much, Rankum, uh, for your time today. Uh, wonderful job. Uh, we'll be back real soon uh, with another edition of the WR Podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get a summary of the PS4 end of things as they wrap up their tournament. And make sure you check out Gamer Saloon. Uh, we got the Holiday Classic coming up. Uh, that's going to be some prize money for teams. And uh, obviously, Kiss My Team, uh, Kiss My Tims, excuse me, uh, made their entry into that tournament with their win in the MSI, so they get an automatic bid. Uh, we're going to find out who gets the bid on PS4 real soon. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, and that tournament, of course, uh, represented by WR Pro-Am League and uh, Gamer Saloon. So you can check that out uh, on the World Wide Web uh, in addition to our streams that we've done recently. Uh, and those are available as well on our YouTube at WR Pro-Am League on YouTube. Uh, so thanks so much for checking out uh, the podcast today. We'll be back with another episode real soon. This is your host, Prophecy, signing off. We appreciate you.